Welcome to episode 88 of the ABC GCI Coffee Break Podcast. My name is Allison Jackson, joined each week by Mike Maloney and Kayla Rodriguez-Santiago. This week, we have Haztec as our presenting partner, and then we have Gould Construction Institute as our lightning round partner. Mike, tell us a little bit about our podcast partners of the month. Once again, we're excited to have Haztec back there, the uh, partner with clients to solve their safety challenges and support their sites. Haztec is the largest and most diverse team of full-time safety experts in North America, and it is their mission to enrich the health, safety, and well-being of their employees, the customers, and the communities. You can learn more about Haztec safety management by going to haztecinc.com. And then we're uh, very happy to have GCI back as a lightning round sponsor. And they're back because school starts a couple of days away. We've got school starting back up. Uh, If you have have not registered for class, there's a good chance you will not be in class come next week because most classes, a lot of classes are full. Uh, If you go on the website, gwgci.org, and you cannot find your class, uh, reach out to us here in the office. There's a good chance the class is full. So uh, thanks to both our sponsors, Haztec and GCI. And this week, uh, following in our trend that we like to do uh, here on the podcast, we'll talk about some interesting things in the news. Uh, Allison and Kayla and myself like to talk a bit about conspiracy theories. And if you follow the Sean Ryan show on the internet, he talked to uh, Eric Hecker, who is an Antarctica firefighter, was a contractor for Raytheon. He has testified in front of Congress that uh, Raytheon has a scary earthquake weapon buried under the ice in Antarctica. Pod Squad, what are you thinking? Does this not sound like a Batman like comic book? <laughs> it like, does the, actually, oh, the evil villain! The it evil does. villain's got an earthquake machine. <laughs> like really? Yeah. Where, like where a, Batman, come does. save us, because no one else is gonna. Right, like uh, it, the, I think it's the '90s Batman movie where there's like uh, Poison Ivy, the Iceman, like Arnold plays the ice. Right, Poison one of Ivy's those. helping this all happen. Mr. Yeah. Freeze, She's yep, there. Uh, She's in our Antarctica. Mr. Freeze, show. there we go, Mr. Freeze. Uh, it says during his stay in Antarctica, he was he observed highly advanced directed energy weapons and other technologies beyond what we previously would thought possible. He testified in in to Congress under oath in hopes to bring his experience to the public for the good of humanity. So maybe uh, Eric Hecker is Batman. You never Thank know. Thank you, Eric Hecker. Thank you, Eric Hecker. Save, uh, like Kayla said before we start the podcast, save the penguins. Let's be all. Let's get down there. Polar bears. Save the penguins, the polar bears. Get somebody down there with a boat. Uh, do we think it's real? Do we? What do you think, guys? What do you think? I mean, testifying in front of Congress is a really big thing to do if you're like like faking something. Yeah. I absolutely think it's real. I feel like a lot of you know, things are being hidden, hidden from us. So for Eric Hecker to come out and one, not only say it out in public, but like, you know, put Raytheon's secret weapon out there. It's kind of like, what else is going on? You know, but I, I was reading like the transcript for it. And it says that this weapon is so dangerous because it's so unpredictable, right? Like it hit a church out there in, in, um, I don't even know where it was, but like, hit a church out there and that was like a friendly fire it was like a tester so it's like that's really scary you can literally create earthquakes and kill people so to the listeners of the podcast let us know in the comments you know on social media let us know what you think think it's real think it's fake you know do we need our tinfoil hats uh are we preparing you know for uh apocalyptic times and Batman where I need hats tinfoil hats that's conspiracy theory people need concrete buildings this is crazy yeah 
All right. So this week on this week on the podcast, we got a great guest, Eric Cruz from CE Painting. It was nice to talk to him. He's a, been an ABC member for a while and been in the trades for about thirty years. So uh, we'll talk to Eric. Let's hear from him. All right. Welcome to the podcast, ABC Massachusetts member, my friend Eric Cruz. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mike, for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, and I appreciate you coming on. You know, Eric's a very busy guy. He's got lots of uh, pokers in the fire, as we say. But why don't you tell us? A little bit about yourselves, yourself, and the companies that you're you know you want to talk about today. So, um, I'll try and give keep the short short version. <laughs> the short version is uh, I worked for a long time actually in the college painting industry. So you're just talking about um, the kids that you work with. So I worked in the college painting industry. We taught college kids how to run painting businesses for the summer. I owned a company called Collegiate Entrepreneurs, and I owned it for 20 years. And I sold it a few years ago. We had 11,000 employees over 20 years, um, all kinds of managers, all kinds of different regions. We were in, we were in California, Maryland, all over New England, uh, down in Virginia. And um, I owned it for a long time and I learned how to scale businesses. So kind of along, the, along that journey of being in the residential painting world and teaching these college kids how to run businesses, we ended up starting a commercial painting company also about six or seven years ago. The market was hot. We were really good at project managing, and um, we said, let's try and start something. Maybe it's actually now I'm dating myself. It may have been eight or nine years ago at this point. We wanted to get into, into something, take the residential skills and see if we could translate those into project management. So we started to work for commercial, doing commercial projects, and that's how we launched CE Painting. And CE Painting has been um, a lot of fun. It's one of the fastest growing commercial painting companies in New England. Um, we have people all up and down the the East coast and we just expanded into, into Maryland as well. So great bunch of uh, team members there work with a lot of great GCs. Um, I'd give a shout out all of them, but they're, they all, if they're anybody listening, we, they're, we're lucky. We have great clients. Now then along the journey of learning how to scale these, these different businesses, I also started a uh, consulting business because I was doing a lot of volunteering and I started a consulting business about 10 years ago, just as a volunteer at first to help people with management systems and um, it kind of grew. And now we have a team of 35 people that work in that company. And we help companies align their leadership team around the right priorities for the quarter, right priorities for the year. We make sure they stay on track. Um, we work with about 120 different companies across the U.S. and Canada. So um, that's how I spend my time. So I'm either working inside my own company or I'm helping one of our other companies how to run their companies and get aligned and, and grow their businesses as well. How do you time find how, how do you find time during the day to do all that? You're running two two massive companies like that. So I, I got three leadership teams full of amazing people. Uh, we have 18 senior leaders that work in the company, uh, and we're pretty picky on people, um, and then we love them. So our people are truly a family. It's um, I mean it's they got to earn their place to work here, so they're not quite a family, but nice. they are. Um, you know, I always joke with them. I say, look, you're a family because I love you, but. My actual family I'm stuck with, you I'm not quite stuck with, and you're not quite <laughs> stuck with me either. So there is an accountability to each other to be a great boss and for them to be great employees. But uh, we're very close. You know, it's a it's a wonderful group of people. And as we scale, people move into different roles and have to kind of evolve with the organization. But so probably two, two companies, we have about 90 to 100 employees. It's fun. So my first question is going to be, and it's kind of used for both companies, is how has the commercial painting business changed over the years that you've been involved? And, and then that's 
question one. The question two is how does the consulting business change? Because uh, we talked previously before I hit record here, but you know I've worked with some small businesses, and, yeah. and most of them are disasters. Right. And it's you know how do you get people? So step question one is how has the business changed since you've been in the business? So the commercial painting business is interesting because. Um, uh, well, one, it's a challenging year. So interest rates are affecting everything, stalling projects and the whole nine yards. And we've really had to differentiate ourselves and and uh, also make sure we tighten our belts to make sure we're conscientious on pricing and do a great job for our clients and get them where they need to be with their budgets. But it's it's become a little bit less of, a, I'd say over the last 10 years, I've been in the trades for almost 30 years now. So it's it's become, and, we, and I should say we, we coach and consult a lot of general contracting companies and trades companies as well to fix, help them fix their companies. But it's, it's the trades themselves have become a little bit much more buttoned up, I should say. So there was times, you know, 10 years ago when it was a little bit of quote unquote, a good old boys network. Like you could get jobs just by knowing the right people and all that kind of stuff. And that stuff sure certainly still helps, but the world of commercial construction has really in my opinion, evolved pretty heavily, gotten a lot more professional, a lot, a lot tighter uh, in terms of processes and, um, and, and the industry itself has grown rapidly. So you're talking about companies that used to be smaller shops that are now grown to large leadership teams. Um, I mean, there are, we work companies that are billion, multiple billion dollar construction companies out there. And so we're dealing with some pretty significant infrastructure. Um, so we've had to really evolve our painting company to try and be as sophisticated as we possibly can be to try and serve these, the bigger firms of the world, whether it's your, um, you know, your Callahan's, your Cranshaw's, your Nat Devs, whatever it is, we're working with all those companies. And we want to make sure that we evolve our company to be the organization they're looking for. So in the consulting side of the world, you know, business itself has changed a lot, certainly, but the, the problems haven't. We focus on people, operations, strategy, and finance in our, in our consulting company. We focus on those four areas. It's basically the same stuff all the time, which is you got to make sure you have the right team members. You got to get rid of the wrong team members or help them evolve. You got to make sure your finances line up and you got to make sure you have a strategy in the market. And honestly, if a company can get those things right, they're going to be in pretty good shape. But 90% of it's people. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you grow all these companies? It, I absolutely love my people. And then not far behind that, and sometimes they're equal, we absolutely love the clients. And we watch the bottom line. So, you know, our, our philosophy is you got to absolutely love your employees. They have to absolutely love working for you. Your customers have to absolutely love working for you, working with you as well, which is often forgotten, especially in our trades, because the clients are difficult. So, you know, they want everything for less money and they don't want paint change orders. And then we're a painting company. So we're like, we're like the most unimportant bunch of humans on the planet. And the GCs tell us, they're like, you were so far down the food chain for us, we could care less. But the reality is that um, we have, we can get kicked, we can get rescheduled, we can get moved. Uh, but I always tell the team, I'm like, as long as we keep taking their money, they're the most important people in our world. Um, so we watch that. And then our third part of our thing is you got to make money while you're doing it. So we focus on our bottom line, but our whole success has been, do our clients love us? Do our employees love working here? And that's pretty much what we focus on. So- now the, the the painting thing, did you start? Were you always into painting? Were you into painting when you were starting off? 
Everybody wants to know about the college painting world. So, because right. I could, I could tell you stories that make your head spin in that world. We should have started. <laughs> we should have done a reality TV show. <laughs> I won't even go into it, actually. So, I got into it because I was in college and I saw a flyer about learning how to run your own company. So I did. I worked at this company called AAA Student Painters. I learned how to run a this this painting business. And when I was in college, this is I'm like I'm 52 years old. So this is like summer 1991. I was at St. Mary's College. I ran like a $60,000 painting business for the summer. And I learned how to sell. I learned how to manage. I learned how to, you know, uh, manage employees. I was horrible. I was a terrible estimator. I had cost overruns. But I learned a lot. And so I kept growing that business. And then eventually that company I worked for closed. And then we started Collegiate Entrepreneurs in 2000. Um, and, you know, I just, I just liked mobilizing large numbers of people. And we would have... Um, between 60 and 100 projects going on at once. Um, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So, and I learned, and the interesting thing is a lot of us that are more in student painting, including my business coach, have gone into coaching in large organizations. Because the bottom line is if you can get six to 700 college kids in a summer to actually do the right thing over all over the country, you can help some pretty large companies grow. So all of us have gone into coaching that own these, that own these large student painting companies. But it all started with these, like, you know, with these businesses. So it's um, it was an incredible learning experience for me. And I don't do anything different. So I, I was on the phone about a couple hours ago with a large company engineering firm we work with. And they're, you know, four or $500 million. And we work with every level of their company and the consulting team. And the lessons are the same. Like, what seats do we need to have in place in the company? Who do we have there now? Where do we have the wrong seats? What does it need to look like in one or two years from now? Who needs to evolve? It's the same stuff that we teach the college kids when we run the businesses. It's not easy, but it's really just the basics. Uh, and that's what we focus on. I, I think it's great because, you know, one of the things we talked about was the people, right? So the, the when I've been going into companies and in, in, whether it be operations for something like a Dunkin' Donuts or something smaller, you start with the people, right? So you want put the right people in place and the people right. i've worked for don't seem to get that right they want to bring in they want to get uh you know, they want to get uh, for a ferrari at the price of a, a fiesta or a, a yugo right they bring these guys in at bare minimum wage but we want to have sure. rock stars and that doesn't it doesn't always work that way what what are some things you know when you go in and consult for a new customer where, where do you usually start where how do you usually get the process started so i go work for a client so one you just nailed it so I'm actually doing a big webinar with this tool called the Rollmap. So the Rollmap tool that we use is all about kind of mapping out where the company is now, which is one of the first things we do in terms of their people. So we ask, what, what structure do you need to have set up for right now? Do you need to have a sales function? You, and this could be departments too. What, what do you need? So if you're a Dunkin' Donuts, well, we need a manager. We need a marketer. We mm -hmm. need to have people pouring coffee. We need to have people that are serving cashiers. And we need a system manager. Okay. So let's map out all those things that you need. We call that structure first. So we always do structure first. And there's a reason for that. So we do structure first and then we say, okay, well, now that we have the structure figured out, we kind of take everybody off first. Who do we want to actually put in those seats? So we kind of just kind of fire everybody instantly. We don't actually mm -hmm. do it, but mentally we just do right. it. And then we say, now, who do we want to put back in those seats? And then when you do that, you, you look at it. And first of all, you realize some people are doing two or three jobs, which is can be a problem, but sometimes it's not. So we say, all right, put that person's name in this seat, put them in this seat, put them in this seat. And then we ask ourselves the question, do they live your core values? Like, do they actually live your core values? Are they really excited about working here? 
And can they actually do the job? We call it the BDR test. They have to pass the core values of the company. They have to really have a desire to work for you. And they have to be able to get results. So when you start putting your people back into those roles for your current company, first of all, 20% of them, usually people are like, yeah, I don't want that person. All right, well, why are they here? So then you start getting into why people are here. Can't find anybody else, no bench. Um, who's going to do the job? Uh, they're my friend. They're my sister's brother. They're my brother-in-law. Yep. But what it comes down to is I say, well, you know, the structure needs to be this. You know, you need to have the right people in the right seats. And then they kind of look at me and I say, look, it doesn't have to be solved today, but you have to at least write, fix the ship currently because you already know the answers. I'm a consultant. Like, I don't know anything. I just know right. how to tell them what they already know. So right. I just say, look, I don't, you don't need me to tell you that. And then we make them little red boxes and we say, you got some issues there. Now we try and fix the people sometimes, but most of the time, it's like, you're not going to work out. Now, then we document future state also, which is then we say, all right, well, what are you trying to do next year? Oh, I'm trying to double my business. Interesting. How are you going to do that with people? Well, I need new roles. All right, well, next 12 months? Yeah. So then we build that again. So now we build the same map 12 months later. And we say, who's in it? Who's still around? These right. people are all still around. This person is no longer here, and I need to make two hires. And then I bring the finance people in. I say, can they afford to make the two hires? We make it all work on the thing. Now you got a vision for your people. So it's a combination of evolving the people from here's where I am now. Here are the tough conversations I need to have, which are hard. Like people ask me all the time, like, how do you do it? I say, well, I have a lot of team members and I'm dealing with something right now. It is, it is hard. It's not easy for anybody to have tough conversations. It's really tough when you have somebody you like a lot, right. who's in a role, who you don't want to lose but they can't do the job or they can't do the job of the organization that the organization needs in a year from now. So here's what happens. The problem is the company stops. So people are like, well, I'm going to fix it because X, Y, Z. And I say, you're never going to fix that function with that person there. You can do whatever you want. So, but we're not hard on people. So I look at it like, look, we're not trying to kill you. So you know the answer. When are you going to fix it? And they'll say nine months. So, okay, no problem. Maybe we start talking to them now. Maybe we start figuring out who the replacement's going to be. Let's see if we can look at some other roles. But when you give yourself six months, nine months, people can actually make people problems. If I say you got to solve the problem tomorrow, they can't do it. So we have basically, un we've unseated family members, longtime players. Uh, we've taken care of all of it and either moved them to other seats. But when you give yourself the, the time to actually process it and you have, and we work with you compassionately, you can get it done. You just got to begin with the end in mind. And and so, you know, we're consultant. We focus on a lot of things. But I tell people, our cheat sheet, 90% of it is build out the structure, get the right people in the seats. Everything else is just basics, honestly. The right people always figure stuff out. Right. And the wrong yeah. people always wreck it. And have you had like a, when you go in and you, you, you explain that to people, do you have like a light bulb moment where someone says, ah, oh, I get it now. Have, have you so, had that happen? I get a combination of light bulb instantly followed by misery. It's like you are 100% right, and this is horrible news. And right. so you can see this. Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, they're processing what they already know, right? which is that this person and this person, no matter what they do, aren't going to make it. They don't have a backup plan. They have to have a tough conversation. And they don't even know what the next level looks like. So, but they do realize there's no getting around that conversation in your head. Um, 
Especially and if you want to grow, right? If you get people that people want to grow, trying to grow, trying to grow. So our, we have an op- yeah, we have a management system we call the we we created called the, the growth method. All we focus on is growing. That's it. So if your company is trying to kind of stay around five percent growth or ten percent, we'll help you certainly, and we'll make your life easier. But we're helping companies that are trying to grow ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent, because they don't have a choice. So when we come in there, they're like, "Well, I want to go from five hundred grand in revenue to a million, or five million to ten million. Right. Well, then that's, that's, you know, it, it's, you're not going to have magic. It's not going to, you know, blow up in your, it's not going to happen automatically. So what are the changes you're going to make? And people are a lot of that place we put our fingers. So what's next for your company, both companies? What's next? What do you think is the next big thing? Oh, I don't even know. Like it's, who knows? So we, we're, we're expanding into the Maryland division. We have Maryland division. We just started right now. We certainly try and grow pretty quickly. Um, you know, we're, it's it's fun. We we work. We add about fifteen pl- clients ish per quarter in the consulting business, um, and uh, we have a finance company also. So we have a team of, of 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 chief financial officers, controllers, and bookkeepers that work with a lot of our clients to make sure they're all fixed up and running their business the way they should be running it. So you know, we take it one day at a time. Honestly, to create the quarter grade expression, and we have plans. Like I could give you an exact grid that answers your question for you. Like I could say, what's next? Well, well, Mike, here's the exact answer. Here's one year. Here's three years, and here's ten years. That's what's next. Um, so we're pretty mapped out, and and you know, trying to grow at a rapid rate. But um, I, I've worked. I've worked for people that have no plan whatsoever, and like I said, one day at a time. They're totally flying by the seat of the pants. One day where. We're doing this next minute. We're doing something totally opposite, something different. And the yeah. owner of the company thinks that that's what you do to stay, you know, relevant. You get constantly changing gears. It's like, well, no, and let's get good at one thing and grow that side of the business rather than jump from, you know, plumbing, electrical, sheet metal, pipe fitting. You know, it's not that that can't work for a long yeah. time, too. Some owners can make that work 10, 15, 20 million, 30 million dollar companies. I work with a, a company that's hundreds of millions and I look at it. And I look at it literally and I'm like, how did you even do this to right. get this where this company is right now? So it can happen. So, you know, I don't claim, we don't claim to have all the answers, right. but if you want to do it in a more structured way, it's going to give you more of a chance. Um, I will tell you we're the opposite. So uh, the companies, the companies that work with Cruise & Co, our consulting company, the Cruise & Co companies are tend to be the opposite. They're like hyper-focused. So they're yeah. 90 days. What's the plan for 90 days? How's this linking up to a year? Yeah. Here's our people function right now. Here's what it's evolving to. Here's our finances right now. Here's where we're trying to go in two or three years. You know, we're not always right, but we're trying to always be directionally upwards in what we're doing. So if we're trying to do a bunch of new stuff with a firm or our firm, you know, we're all, you know, we're quite frankly into getting it wrong. We have no problem getting stuff wrong. We just want to be failing upwards. That's kind of our philosophy. And we've been lucky. We've been able to do that. All right. So Eric, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Um, probably Eric at cruiseandco.com, um, C-R-E-W-S-A-N-D-Co.com. Um, yeah, that, that'll get me. That'll get awesome. you. Cruiseandco.com will get it. All right. And now comes uh, everyone's favorite part of the podcast. My personally is the lightning round. We're going to ask Eric 10 rapid fire questions and he's going to answer them. Uh, no passes. We like tip your tongue type of stuff. Uh, if you were a professional wrestler, what would your entrance th- song be? Um. Uh, oh boy. Uh, um. 
Oh man, that's a tough one. Let's go with uh uh What's Veritex? I'm gonna take Veritex. All right, what Veritex. Was, I, I, I can't remember this, but it was it was good. Superhero, was good. whatever. Yeah. Uh, superhero. I'll go with Veritex. There you go. Uh, if you were famous, what would you be famous for? I think my looks. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, oh, that's a big one. We asked it's the hard hitting questions. It's around the topic that I just gave you which is um the people decisions that you're afraid to make are going to take away years of your business career life fantastic uh what would your superpower be and why so i don't like to talk about Honestly, this kind of myself in this way, but I will say, because uh, I believe in humble, being humble, um, but I have, I will tell you, I have extremely good instincts. So I get called on for that all the time. Uh, and um, I don't know why that is. I, it could be a lot of experience in the business world, but 90% uh, of the time when I get a business, my team will come to me and people that are way smarter than me. I'm not saying I'm smarter than everybody else, but right. I, and, I, and there are people that I meet that are in different trades and smaller companies that are way smarter than me. But I, for some reason, my smell test is pretty good. So my wife's almost the same way, right? She knows, like, I'm just like, yeah, this guy's, you know, I've done it, right? I've, I've left good paying jobs to go to a startup. And then it's good that you like, acknowledge that, by the my way. My wife's, oh, yeah. My wife's like, yeah, are you crazy? I'm like, this is going to be big. I, you know, and then bomb my wife's like i told she's like, i told i can smell i can smell it from across the room and i said and my oh, coach used to say that he my, yeah. my business coach says uh he says eric yeah, it just doesn't smell right yeah and he he's like i always tell people i mean he's an extremely successful guy but i self tell people he's like the smartest caveman in the room he's not that oh. smart but he's a genius love uh, it so i have good instincts um so maybe you're, you're that's that's your superpower. That's yeah. it. That's a great one. That's a fantastic one. Uh, what a, what fictional world or place would you like to visit? So fictional being like make believe. World or place would you like to visit? Um. Huh. Fictional place I'd like yeah. to visit. Uh, uh. Let's see here. See, I got you thinking. I got you thinking. Definitely did. Yeah. Um, wow. That's a good one. So you can ask these questions. Some good answers you've, you've gotten in that question, just out of curiosity. Um, some people say like uh, like Lord of the Rings type of fantasy. I've had people that. say like Star Wars. I've had people say like um, TV shows, like whether it be like Family Matters or, uh, you know, be with the full house you know, go that that type of place. For, you know, it could be, it could be anything. Yeah, um, but these are great questions to ask. If, you know, I've done this before too. Like when I ask business people, you know, like yourself, you know, good way to break the ice, learn a little bit about them. But uh, we'll skip that. What's your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show? So Succession is a great show. You know, I try to get into that one myself. I don't know, but I can't get into it. I don't know why I can't get into it. So you got it's a three episode show. We just want to. It's nominated for a slew of enemy of Emmy. Yeah, right? I, I don't know. Uh, favorite meal to cook and why? So I don't like to cook. Period. So <laughs> when I do, oh yeah, I'm a master of takeout. Um, but when I do cook, I am really good at eggs, 
because I'm a guy. So I can cook <laughs> eggs. I can cook the hell out of cereal too. <laughs> I'm good at eggs. I cook a lot of eggs. I cook waffles. Uh, I cook breakfast stuff. Do you All sense right. the skill on this topic? There yeah. you go. Breakfast, your breakfast, so your superhero skills would be making breakfast and good instincts. Correct. I, I don't want to go to breakfast. Uh, if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Um, fashion trend. Uh, I like the parachute pants a lot. Oh, all right. Fun. That's good. Yeah. If you could be on any reality TV show, which one would it be and why? So I have a guilty pleasure of watching million dollar listings on Bravo. Oh yeah. Laugh. So yeah. uh I'd like to go on million dollar listings and hang out with those guys. They're from Massachusetts, by the way. But um I like that show. So I'd probably go on that. Would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or an astronaut? Gold medalist. And if you had your own late night talk show, who would you invite as your first guest? Um first guest. I would say Trump. Love it. That's a great one. I think I would say the same. All right. And then the last question, guys, is the Coffee Break Podcast. How do you like your coffee? Didn't drink coffee at all. Never had it in my life until last year. So, (laughs) yes, I'm going to like it. Uh, So, how do you like it? How do you like it? So I have to, like all non-drinkers, get into it like a child. So I drink iced regular, which is basically a milkshake. That's it. That's it. I'm the same way. That's, that's, I love uh, it. Uh, and then uh, do, you, like, do you like chain coffee type of thing, or are you like make it your home type of guy? So I like Dunkin', actually. Me too. I do. I like it. So I like a Dunkin' iced regular. Uh, and, you know, my wife, like, she likes to always like, she wants to like do coffee, which I guess yeah. apparently means you're supposed to sit there and like drink it like a normal yeah. person and talk. Yeah. I like suck that sucker down. Yeah. I'm the same way. Pull around the sugar in the bottom. And she looks at me, she's like, that was not a social experience. <laughs> and I, um, before we start this, I said, you know, I, I'm going to give somebody a, a shout out from your team. It's Joanne Lunn. Yeah. She so, is amazing. So, um, and I encourage anybody to try and steal her, by the way, because it always makes her happy. <laughs> Excuse me, makes her happy <laughs> to try and do that. And she likes to use it as leverage, which also makes her happy and usually makes her more money, too. But <laughs> Joanne is funny. So we do a lot of personality profile testing. Okay, so we test, we do DISC, dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance, DISC testing. And we do it because it helps us figure out what's this person like. So influence is basically, uh, it's a yellow bar and scores one to 100. And influence is, um, you meet somebody who's a high I, it's, they are likable. So they're like politicians, people that talk a lot. They're highly likable. They smile a lot. But they talk a lot. Joanne <laughs> is a 100i. I've never even met another 100i. And people ask me all the time, our company's growing pretty rapidly, the commercial painting company. Uh, and they say, how did you do it? I said, well, we've done a lot of things. We try and follow the regular rules of business. And we try and eat our own dog food from the consulting company and blah, 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 blah. But if I really cut down to the tactics, I always tell Joanne, we hired Joanne. That's one of the ways we did it. So she's been a... A, she sits on the phone all day and calls GCs. So like you can't even, you have to go back 25 years to somebody who would actually be willing to do that. But Joanne can't stop talking. So she calls, so we have any clients listening, they might even know Joanne Lund. 
because she constantly calls and people don't even answer the phone anymore. So the fact that she calls all day, I don't even know if she's calling. I don't even ask her. She's just like, I called, I called, I called. And I said, okay, Joanne. So she does it all the time. She's been doing it for, I don't even know. She's been here for, she's been here probably since we started. And then she worked for us before that. She's probably been here 10 years, probably eight or nine years at least. I, I, I just she's know when I'm, I know when I call or email, I get an answer within minutes. I know I'm going to get a great answer. And she's always very helpful. Whether it be the golf tournament, she helps out the golf tournament. She mans, she kind of mans that awesome. putting green. She loves that. Like, she's amazing. But all right, she's that's awesome. our friend Eric Cruz. Eric, thanks for being on. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. Uh, I, appreciate I, could pick, it. I could pick your brain all day long. And uh, is, thanks for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>
Uh, you can sign up today on our website, as well as the Building Your Foundation Contractor Fundamental Seminar Series taking place Wednesday, September 27th through the end of November. Lots going on coming up, so definitely check in with abcma.org or carol at abcma.org. She can help you out. Um, we've got some member updates. Metro Walls named a top 50 contractor in the nation. Congratulations to them. Uh, their team over at Metro Walls is a previous sponsor of the podcast. High Profile Magazine recently named the company a top 50 contractor in the nation. So congratulations on this well-earned honor. Uh, Daycon completes the 88 Acres facility in Canton. It's a fast-growing company whose products offer flexible nutrition for modern lifestyles based on seeds. Uh, Daycon funds an unmet need with a small local nonprofit through their philanthropy called Design with Dignity. Uh, to honor the company, 88 Acres Daycon funded a water conservation program in Canton. Uh, Nazet begins implementing building support measures, structural steel upgrades at Crimson Gallery. So congrats to them. And if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. Uh, we would love to have you on. We love featuring members, exciting news, trends, things like that. You can reach out to Mike at GWGCI.org. And if you're not getting the newsletter, if you're listening to the website, uh, or the, 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 the podcast, <laughs> I totally had a brain dump here. Uh, you can reach out to Charlie at communications <clears throat> at abcma.org. And it's going to be a, a great school year coming up. We're looking forward to seeing all the students in our in-person in orientations. And, you know, between trainings and events coming up, it's going to be a great fall. We're looking forward to seeing everybody. we got lots of great episodes coming up leading up to our 100th episode. And we're going to uh, make some announcements in the next couple of weeks about what's going to take place on the 100th episode. So thanks for listening. Follow us on YouTube, social media. We're on Instagram, LinkedIn. We're everywhere. Listen to podcasts. Please like, tag, like, share, rate, follow. Subscribe. Yeah, whatever you got to do. All the uh, if you want to be on, have questions, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If not, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>